Welcome to the Steelers Edge online training program featuring Rebecca Chernick with her workshop on how to ride the wave to, to digital F&I retailing. Becky founded Chernick Consulting in 2001 and has nearly three decades of experience in the retail automotive industry. As a consultant, trainer, and nationally recognized expert in F&I training and sales procedures, she has helped hundreds of auto retailers throughout the United States and Canada to streamline their processes and closing techniques and to significantly increase profits. I'm Mike Bowers with Dealer's Edge. Just as the Internet continues to change the way dealerships sell cars, so too has it affected the way vehicle purchase, purchases get financed. Customers have come to expect that the vehicle buying process will be easier and faster, and those expectations are bumping up against some entrenched dealership processes. Should we expect the customers to adapt to the way we do business in the dealership, or should the process be adapted to the customers? Today we're joined by well-known F&I trainer and consultant Becky Chernick as she explores the ways that you can help your customers benefit from online financing options. Those options are many and can range from simple pre-qualification up to the entire financing process. As dealership managers, you'll have many choices to consider. Today, Becky will tell us about the expansion of online financing opportunities available to dealers. We'll hear about the current array of online financing products and vendors available to dealerships. We'll also see how online financing can speed up the delivery process and enhance the buyer's experience. Can online financing offers help you insulate the customer from other third-party providers? We'll see how that's possible. And interestingly, we'll learn how to create a virtual F&I manager alternative. Auto brokers are, are helping them select new vehicles as well as pre-owned. And as you can see here, it's quite, it's, it, it's, it's very impressive. Hey, Becky. So, yep. It's Mike here. Uh, can we take a couple questions? Sure. Uh, okay, first one is, uh, I, I guess, is, is more, we'll call it more mundane than, uh, than, than futuristic, but uh, has to do with the performance in the F&I department, and the uh, attendee here out in the audience uh, asked, what, what is a good target to shoot for? We, we have trouble making money, uh, you know, gross profits on selling the cars. We rely heavily on F&I. What is a good target to shoot for in terms of average F&I income now per car? I, I think 1,200 is a good number. No. 12 to 1,200 per car is good, or 12 to 1,500 dollars. I think that okay. that's the right number. Okay, great. And another question, um, this is sort of out of left field, but I, I understand it. Um, regarding um, F&I menu selling, uh, you know, one of the one of the things that, that menu selling was meant to to kill was was payment packing, mm -hmm. and we thought I hadn't heard of the term payment packing in years. Uh, I thought it actually was dead, but apparently it's it's not. Uh, and there are some uh, now some investigations uh, limited, but in some dealerships in, around the country that where payment packing is making a comeback. Uh, sort of, do you have any observations on that, or how is that allowed to happen? How can that happen these days? Okay, well, now that you put me on the spot, um, <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Mike. Um, it is happening, and it's happening a lot more than it's ever happened before. Unfortunately, I feel like in some cases we have not 
had adequate training, we're not inspecting what we're expecting. Uh, we're relying maybe on other individuals that are not doing proper inspections and many of these FNI people not knowing any better. Deals are coming into the finance office where the FNI person perhaps is responsible to close the customer on a payment. And from there, they're like, well, I'll be darned if I'm going to utilize a base payment and then blow the, cu blow the customer out of the water. The customer is not closed. And meanwhile, it's going to cost my cost me my credibility, I'm not able to go ahead and sell my product. So off goes the, they call the software company up and say, get rid of that. That's not going to work for me. Let's get rid of it. So dealers are not locking down um, these, um, um, the technology and, and they're not, they're really not inspecting what they expect. They're not sending, I, I'm just saying, it, they're just not sending these people to training or they're not supporting the training that they're sending them to. But it, it, it's it's kind of it's a yeah it's it's coming coming full circle like they say right and yeah. it's all coming back and some and because they're not doing their due diligence they, they some of the FNI people do not realize that they have to uh, um, uh, use a specific payment prior to products being presented and that is just not that's best practice and yeah. they they don't even understand in some cases not in all cases. But many of them don't understand what does UDAP mean, you know, uniform deceptive or uniform deceptive abusive acts and practices. What does that mean? Well, that means if in the event the customer felt that they were confused during the buying process, if they didn't understand all the terms of the sale, if they didn't get what the base payment or specific terms of the sale prior to products being presented, you're packing payments. That's payment packing. So that's what they're getting in trouble for. And nobody, and, 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 I'll, and I'll say this, nobody ever, nobody ever thinks you're going to get caught. Whoever gets, you know, we don't get caught. So it's like, eh, you know, um, let's, let, so out of sight, out of mind. Yeah. And unfortunately, it does happen, but it's happening, and it's happening a lot. Yes. All right. Sorry to put you on the spot there. I, I, just, <laughs> I, I, I just read a couple of articles about how this is, it seems to be coming back, and it really got my attention. So, uh, And I guess there are probably people who are getting, just getting out of prison now uh, from a payment well, pack cases from 15 years ago, you know? Well, uh, here's the thing. I, you know, I don't, I, don't, I don't try to say to somebody, you're going to jail. But here's what I am going to say. You're going to spend a lot of money staying out of jail, mm -hmm. and it's going to cost you money to go ahead and... And, and, and hire an attorney because that's what's going to happen. You, you, hopefully, you know, you, you, it, the other doesn't happen, but you're right. I remember some of those cases as well, but nobody ever thinks it's ever going to happen to them. It's just like anything else. I'm going to drive, you know, 100 miles an hour or 85 miles an hour. I'm going to be over the speed limit. I'm never going to get caught, but one of these days you just might get pulled over. The, the uh, presentation of products options is, is done most effectively in finance. So... If you're going to present the, the products online, how do you handle objections? Well, again, it depends upon how this whole how how it's set up. So some of the some some of the platform providers will offer product awareness and allow the customer to choose these options um, via online. However, when it, it the, the the transaction isn't finalized until the customer comes in. To the dealership for delivery, so they don't have the final contract in in, in many cases. Now, the, there are two providers that do. 
well, actually one provider that does, which is AutoFi, but it can be set up any which way that the dealer wants to set it up. But once a customer comes in for delivery, this is a good time for the F&I person, obviously, to go back over the products that might have been purchased and the ones that have been declined. And, and my, my recommendation is to simply, you know, share with the customer, Mr. Customer, I just want to make sure that you understand that I, these are the products that you had to take advantage of earlier. These are the products that you've declined. Part of my responsibility is just to make sure that I go over these one more time because some of these products may not be made available to you. Um, after you after you take delivery of your vehicle today. So if I could, let me go ahead and review them with you one more time. So it, you, it's not as if you know we're we're not going we're not going to go ahead and present that menu um, uh, to the customer again and not and we just was we want to validate to the customer again these are the products that you purchased, these are the products that you didn't. However, part of my responsibility again is to make sure that I go over these products with you one more time because, again, some of these products may not be available after delivery today. Okay. Um, let's see. Well, certainly I've, I've learned a lot of new names uh, and, and new tools that are out there. I've been making notes of the ones I need to go back and research, and I hope folks in the audience will do the same. Um, we have a lot of tools now to make um, financing a vehicle easier for the customer, uh, is it still possible to make money for the dealership to make money on finance? Absolutely. Okay. You know, again, it goes back to the same concept of menu selling. Whatever, you know, when we implemented menu selling back in the alternation years ago, I can tell you guys I met with every naysayer there was on the planet who said, you know, GMs, dealers, everyone. I mean, they were scared to death of this thing. They didn't want nothing to do with it. They said, my gosh, if you, if you, if you present this base payment and other, you know, and these terms up front, you know, customers are going to say, I don't want to buy anything. I'm not buying that. No way. Mm. So we proved that because we've reduced the walls. We've reduced these walls. We made it easier for the customer. We created this seamless process. Those, they didn't feel like they were being taken advantage of to the cleaners. They felt like, okay, I'm giving you the control to make that decision. And frankly, guys, when we did that, our performance went up. I mean, it was like overnight. Customers understood the terms. They understood this. You don't have to take advantage of this or that or the other, but they did. When you give the customer the opportunity uh, to take advantage of these options, believe me when I tell you they do. And for those guys in there or here attending this, attending this or participating, you know it as well as I do. Them, when we present a menu, how many times has it been the customer has uh, taken advantage of, you know, the preferred option versus this option or another option? You're like, I can't believe that they took everything because we didn't prejudge it. The customer feels comfortable. The walls are down. It's a seamless process. It's time efficient. They're not sitting there waiting forever long in a day. And the other, the other benefit, too, was that we were compliant. And second of all, and the, and, and the other is that customers were coming out of the ether. But we were scared to death of it. It was like, no way customers are going to buy like this. There's no way they're going to do it. I can't begin to tell you how many told me that over the years. And this is the same thing. You're talking about early engagement. Give the customer, let the customer feel the whole idea, give the customer the feeling, perception, they're in control. Let up on the reins a bit. Let them do some of the heavy lift. I mean, 
do some of the some of the work, and it all will play out. You know, the more we try to hold on to these reins, the, the less we make. It's in in you don't have to do that. So, okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, okay. Um, self-desking tools. Could you again, again sort of briefly explain what self-desking is? Uh, and uh, in your experience or what you're seeing now, how prevalent is it uh, in dealerships? Okay, a self-desking tool can, can work in a lot of different, again, depending upon the online provider that you're going to be utilizing. But let's just say a self-desking tool will allow the customer the ability to determine payment options based on their FICO score. I'm going to, instead of a soft pull, Let's say the customer keys in their FICO score. My FICO score is 675. Based on the dealership parameters, every dealer is going to set up their parameters based on a certain FICO score, what your parameters are and what you're going to allow, what, what you're going to, um, what terms um, of, that would be, avail would, would be available under that particular FICO score. And so that's all based off of the dealership's um, parameters, your banks, et cetera. And so the customer at this point puts their FICO score and then term, payment terms are available, terms, 60, 72, money down, uh, 2,000, 1,000, no money down. They have the, that available to self-desk, the down payment they have or term or, um, and again, it's based off of their FICO score. And so once they select whatever term, it's 1,000 down or two or whatever the, whatever they've selected from that point from that uh, from 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 that confirmation or validation confirmation is it then it is they make a decision as to whether or not they want to go further in the process and from there that is when they uh, at, provide customer information and or that is when the uh, uh, the uh, soft pull opt-in um, happens, and that that's sent to the dealer uh, for them to be able to um, finalize or help to help to obtain a pre-approval. But that's what a self-desking tool does. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> earlier in the program, you used the term trade trade difference. Is that the right term? Where, what I was going with that is some dealers today still uh, are a trade difference store, meaning they don't talk payments until the customer goes into the F&I office. Mm -hmm. And if we're not talking payments until the customer comes into the F&I office, obviously it's going to be a bit awkward to offer customers the ability to do self-desking where they're going to have some idea behind their payment before they come into the dealership. So you would, I would think, would have to review your process as it pertains to allowing customers or not to know a payment or have an idea of their payment, let's just put it that way, based on a FICO score versus not talking payments until the customer goes into the F&I office. It's going, to be an, it's going to be a bit awkward, right? It's mm -hmm. just like anything else. When we talk about... A menu. A menu needs to have a base payment on the menu, and term prior to products being presented. That's that's a compliant menu. We send deals into the F&I office where the F&I person is responsible to close on payment. 
Well, I guess in some cases, and, you know, they share the base payment with the customer, and the customer goes, I do, and we're good to go, and we're fine. But in other cases, that's just not that easy. And if I'm closing the customer on a payment, chances are I'm not going to talk base payment. And so that's where it becomes, it, 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 it's, it's, it does, it, it's awkward. Right. Yeah. Uh, final question. With all the all these new tools available to dealerships um, and changes in the industry, what uh, if you had uh, you know could offer a, a dealer or a general manager uh, suggest uh, you know two or three things that they need to do to get out ahead of this wave? Uh, what would those two or three things be? Well, first of all, I would highly recommend uh, attending digital dealer. Um, also, some of the conferences that are coming up, um, uh, CBT conference. I mean, we're, they really get an idea of really what's happening in the industry. Other than myself, I've been hearing it from other individuals, um, Brian Posh, David Kane, and that we're talking about this and that, you know, they really need to, again, understand that this is truly happening. This is real. And then... From there, they need to, you know, I would, I would suggest um, at this point then reading articles, that sort of thing, but also uh, attending webinars and get in front of Carnell, get in front of Autofy, have these webinars, talk to these experts in the industry. Uh, there are other car people, um, and I'm sure there will be some in 20 groups um, that are already on board and already offering um, the, this capability, and if you're not, you're going to want to because you're going to see this is this is the movement there. This, this is where it's going, but it all starts with education, and I I'd highly recommend the webinars and and making sure that you're you're up to speed on some of these providers. And again, talk to your team members, and and obviously talk to your team members. What are we willing to do? What aren't we willing to do? Bring a trainer in. And when you talk, when you, and, and training is going to be obviously key. And the thing is, is that whoever training company that you bring in, they need, it, it, it's not a workshop. It's, it's an in-dealership training. It's all, everybody on the same page because you want that individual working with BDC. You want them working with sales. You need to work with F&I, everyone all together when you, when you, um, you know, put this in place. It's got to be. Okay, uh, thank you. I think uh, that's the end of our questions for today and therefore the end of our time. Um, I'd like to thank everybody for uh, joining us today. Mike. Yeah. Mike, sorry to interrupt. Becky, we have one more question. Uh, do you ever see the role of finance disappearing from dealerships altogether? Oh, my gosh. That's another toughie, aren't you? No, I, 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 no, I, could it happen? Maybe, a, maybe down the road a, a, a ways. I, I, I still feel like we're still very, a, a valuable uh, commodity in dealerships. I just, um, it's just, it's going to, we're just going to have to be more innovative. We have to engage earlier on with the customer. We're, you know, the guy or the gal who used to sit back in the office waiting for deals to come to them, those days are kind of, they're, they're, they're coming, they're, they're coming and they're, meaning they're, it's not. I don't think that's going to be a very proactive place to be. 
I feel like it's going to be more digital and and you're going to have to be able to communicate with a customer earlier on rather than waiting for the customer to come into the dealership for delivery. I think you're going to have you're going to have um, some dealers that will have an FNI person in the background working deals and we're going to have hybrid sales associates taking the transaction from the beginning to the end. And that's not a bad place to be either. Um, but you're in, again instead of having you know this fragmented departments we want a seamless process and some of these dealers that's what they want they want time time is an element uh, customers want uh, faster delivery this will help and that some of that uh, heavy lifting as I talked about earlier but you know with that hybrid sales associate it will take it from the very begin to ending uh, with a, a digital menu presentation but you probably, you know, you're going to need someone, obviously, the finance office, I would think, to work with lenders and that sort of thing, and may come a time when that's not necessary, but I don't see that in the, uh, in, in the near future. Okay. Mike, I'm okay. clear now. All right, thanks. Uh, okay, well, that brings us to the end of the program then. Um, as I said, we did record today's workshop, uh, and there were an awful lot of new names at least new names to me, uh, out there, new tools available uh, that could easily be researched online. Uh, I'm going to do some of that. Uh, you folks are in the business, and it might be worth, worth your time to go back and check the recording and see, those, see what those names are, at least the ones that interest you, uh, and find out more about those companies. Uh, be, feel free to share the recording with other people in your dealership. Uh, and uh, I'd like to thank everybody for attending today. Uh, we know it's not easy to take a couple of hours out of your dealership day, and we do appreciate that. We had a nice turnout today uh, from across the United States and in Canada. Uh, so, again, thank you for your interest. And I'd like to offer special thanks to Becky Chernick of Chernick Consulting uh, for taking her time today to put today's workshop together uh, and for sharing her experience and expertise with us. Thank you very much, Becky. Thank you. I appreciate okay. it, guys. Uh, we'll change it up a little bit for next week. Uh, we're going to go to the fixed operations area, specifically the parts department, uh, and talk about uh, a, a, a perennial problem uh, back there, and that is getting the parts department inventory to match the figures that the accounting office has. Uh, so you may want to alert your parts managers and your accounting managers uh, to show up for that workshop. Uh, and with that, uh, we're going to sign off for today. I'm Mike Bowers for Dealer's Edge. So long, and hope you can join us next week.